Good morning. How's everybody? Doing good this morning? Yeah? All right, so we're in Psalm 119. It's a Psalm Sunday. So turn to Psalm 119. We're going to be in verses 97 through 104. And actually, I'm just going to give you a minute to get there and read that yourself. I want you to put that whole thing in, in your mind on your own, and then I'll read it out loud to you here in just a minute. So Psalm 119, let's, I'm going to read out loud. You guys can follow along, starting in verse 97. Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thou, through thy commandments, hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet uh, from every evil way, that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Let's pray, and then we'll look at it. Heavenly Father, we just pray that you would open our eyes and guide us as we open your word. Lord, what we want is uh, to be led by you, uh, to see you in the passage, and to see how it applies to our lives. God, change us as we study your your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to be looking at two basic concepts, and you might have caught on to that as you were glancing through it. We're looking at love and understanding today. I can't figure out where I want to be. I'm like up and down. I'm like, I want to be able to see that screen a little bit too, but now I feel like good thing I'm short. It's not too far away. Uh, love and understanding. Uh, and, and let me just start by saying this. When I was a kid, there were these commercials and maybe even still that, that said knowledge is power. You remember that? Or even just that general concept, the idea that knowledge is power, right? And they were, it was all about going out and, you know, going to school or reading a book. Or, I think it was about reading books. Um, but is it really, is knowledge power? Uh, you know, we live in a, a society right now where you have almost unlimited access to knowledge. If you can get online, you can get any bits of of facts and data and knowledge that you want. And occasionally I get online and I have discussions uh, with people in religious forums or in different settings. And what I've noticed is that knowledge is not, <laughs> is not power. If you've ever been on any kind of forum, if you've ever read anywhere and seen what, what people are doing, knowledge isn't helping people. If anything, it's making people dumber. It's making them less powerful. Why is that? Because they have access to all this stuff at their fingertips, but they don't know how to think. They don't know how to apply. They don't know how to take these bits of data that they're seeing and actually critically process it and put it together so that it's usable. So, so a lot of times you'll hear people that, that just get a bunch of knowledge and they'll just regurgitate and spout a bunch of stuff back at you. And you go, do you have any idea what you just said? Do you understand the context of the claims that you're making? You know, in, in particular examples, I'm talking with people about things from the scripture, uh, you know, Muslims in particular, they'll shoot a verse at me and go, this is what the Bible says. So that's a little bit of knowledge. You know, that's what the Bible says, because you read it on, on, on some forum or somewhere and it says, this is a Bible verse. Did you consider the, the verse before it and after it? Did you consider like the chapter? Did you consider the context? Did you consider who's writing it? Did you even consider the testament that it said? Did you consider anything other than this verse on the surface seems to support what you want to say? 
And so it, it goes far beyond a religious discussion. And you'll see it in any kind of discussion you want, whatever your thing is, you know, whatever you actually have put your, your time into studying and knowing. It's like if I were to try to talk to my kids uh, about Pokemon, I hear them talking about Pokemon all the time. And I could be like, oh, yeah, Charmander and uh, Bulbasaur. And I know these names because I hear them. I've got this little bit of knowledge. And then they're like, Dad, you have no idea what you're saying, do you? And I'm just like, knowledge is power. So I'm just going to keep saying these Pokemon names, right? So knowledge isn't power. We need something more than knowledge. Justin knows what I'm saying. You, he's, you got Pokemon in your house? You know all about them? Nope, you got a little knowledge, just like me, right? And so what we'll be looking at here today is actually going to be understanding, uh, which is different from knowledge. And so what is understanding? And that's a good place to start. Here's uh, a definition from man. Understanding is a psychological process related to an abstract or physical object such as a person, situation, or message, whereby one is able to use concepts to model that object. Uh, that was a mouthful. Understanding is, this is a little simpler, a relation between the knower of an object, uh, between the knower and an object of understanding. So essentially what it's saying here is that understanding is more than just knowing something. It's actually having a relationship so that I can take that something apart and break it down into its components or put it back together and explain it. Right? So that's what understanding is. It's functional. It's usable knowledge. It's knowledge that I can put into practice. This is, you know, from, uh, from a secular perspective, um, but it's a good general idea of, of how we would understand uh, knowledge. And so I could take something like, I know there's a furnace behind me, and I know the names of a couple parts of a furnace because my dad fixes things like that. But if you were to ask me to do it, I have no idea how to take it apart and put it together. There's no understanding there, right? Now, some people in this room could. They go back there and they can be like, yeah, this, this, this uh, part <laughs> and this coil and that condenser and this uh, thermostat. See, I don't... Whatever. <laughs> understanding can be acted on, though. And this is, what, this, is, this is where God is driving us all throughout Scripture. Oftentimes you see knowledge and wisdom and understanding you know, used together, and you won't find uh, knowledge in this chapter at all. You will see wisdom and understanding. And part of the reason for that is because to get wisdom and understanding, knowledge is a prerequisite. It's assumed already there. Right? So you have to have some knowledge in order to start understanding how to apply and, and knowing when to apply and when to use it. So, so, so uh, being able to act is the key. Right. You know, one one common, simple example would be language. Uh, I can hear other languages. But I can't act on it. Right. Like if I were to say, Right? You can hear all those words, and you're like, there's some words coming out, but what, what's the problem? One person in this room understood what I was saying. There's understanding uh, from only one of the, of the sea of faces out here, and that's often what happens. And that's what David is, is wanting to prevent, and that's what God is wanting to prevent, is God is wanting to get us to a place where we can actually hear and understand his word. Isaiah 33, 19 
Thou shalt not see a fierce people, a people of a deep speech that thou canst perceive, of a stammering tongue that thou canst not understand. There are tongues, and that's just the example we just used, that you just don't understand. There's no understanding, right? So we want to get to a place where we can actually get uh, some understanding. So what is knowledge? And when we start to look at what the Bible says about knowledge, Proverbs 9, 10, twice in the Bible, we see very specifically that knowledge is something. Uh, I'm sorry, understanding is something. We're looking at understanding here. I keep saying knowledge now because I was talking about it. We need to shift. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So God gives us his definition of what understanding is, and he says uh, it is the knowledge of the holy. So again, he, he brings those things together, those ideas, but it has to do with, with, with knowing God. And when you look at the broader sense of knowing God in the Bible, of course, we get quickly past the idea of just knowing details about God, and we get into knowing the person of God, knowing the character of God. Job chapter 28, verse 28, and unto man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. And so these are the two times in the Bible where you get a real specific kind of definition. This is understanding, to know God and to depart from evil. So it is tied to a knowledge base, but then it is, there is an active component to it as well, is that there are certain things that you do, okay? So let's look at this. How do I get understanding? And we're going to take a tour uh, of a lot of verses, and then we're going to come back at the end, and we're going to work it through our passage that we're in. But I want to give you some groundwork here uh, to kind of help us understand the passage that we're actually in. So how do I get understanding or where does understanding come from? And that's a really good question because it's actually asked in the Bible as well. In a couple of different places in Job, we see it, that Job is, is asking this, but where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? In a book that brought, um, you know, a few counselors, if you call them that, to Job, and everyone was, was sharing their their bits of knowledge and wisdom, uh, this question arises, where exactly can we find wisdom or understanding? Again, in Job chapter 20, for, uh, 28, a few verses down, whence then cometh wisdom, and where is the place of understanding? The exact same words, verse, repeated, right? And so this comes up, and then comes up, and then actually Job 28 is going to answer it for us. God understandeth the way thereof, and he knoweth the place thereof. Just a couple verses later, and you can read through that in context. And so the first answer that we get is this. Where do we find understanding? Where do we get understanding? And the first answer is that God knows because God gives it. And the understanding that we need, the understanding that we want, then does not come from uh, you know, academic studies and, 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 and gaining more knowledge and even learning how to apply things in this world. There, there, is, there are things that I can go out and search out without God. But what God is saying, if you want real understanding, that comes from me. Amen. Exodus chapter 36 and verse 1. Then Rob Bezalel and Aholiab, and every wise-hearted man in whom the Lord put wisdom and understanding. Where did it come from? The Lord just put it in them. 
right? And so in this case, you see this. God has understanding and wisdom in this case, and he gives it to these two men. He just puts it there so they can go out and do a specific work. Exodus 36, verse 1. Job chapter 32 and verse 8. But there is a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty giveth them understanding. So every man has a spirit, and every man has, you know, generally speaking, every man has the ability to know and to learn and to gain knowledge. But here's what God tells us. It is the inspiration of the Almighty. You need the, the Holy Spirit connecting dots in your life to gain understanding. God gives understanding. So that's, that's, I think, the foundational place that we have to, to begin. If I really want to gain understanding, then I got to go to the Lord. Because there's a lot of other places. We used to go to university. Now we just go to, like, Google-versity. <laughs> we think we can get everything we need right there. Right? But God says, no, you need to come to me. That's what he's desiring of us. So here's a real quick thought, too. Since we know who gives it, all right, so we know where it's found. Uh, maybe, you, maybe at this point you don't actually have any understanding or wisdom in your life. You're like, I feel pretty dumb. I feel pretty disconnected. That's okay. That's all right. We're going to work through this. We're going to get you in the next 30 minutes to a place where you can at least get some understanding. Now, we've began with step one. We have to identify where to find it. Now that we've identified where to find it, here's something that seems really you know, simple and logical, practical. Since I know where to find it, well, then I know who to ask to get it, right? Look at Psalm 119. Oh, I didn't put that on there. Don't look at that yet. I'll give you this. Psalm 119.73, write it down. Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding. David cries out in Psalm 119.73, that I may learn thy commandments. First Kings chapter 3, uh, Solomon is given the opportunity of, by God to ask for anything that he wants. And wisely, Solomon says, well, uh, then I want an understanding heart, so I know how to guide your people. I want wisdom, so I know how to discern. And this is what he asked for. Why? Because he knew that, you know, there are a lot of other things in life that could be obtained through other means, but understanding itself would only come through the Lord. First Kings chapter 3, verses 9 through 12. In verse 12, it says this, Behold, I have done according to thy words. This is the Lord's response. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart. I'll give you this now. You don't have understanding simply because you don't desire it. Because I think everything that we already covered, looking out at these faces, are things that you already knew. You knew that God has understanding. And you know that he's a God that says, if, if any man lack, just ask of me. Ask, and you'll receive. You have not because you ask not. Which means if you lack understanding, it's simply because you didn't desire it. You didn't go and say, God, give me understanding. Has that ever been your prayer? Like, don't raise your hand. I don't want, don't want to put you on, on blast. How often are we praying and saying, God, give me understanding? Or maybe like Solomon, so that I can lead your people. Right? Part of the vision of, of this class that Dell has put before you is that he wants to train men 
uh, and women to shepherd. And we'll use that term broadly and at different levels. If you're discipling, you're a shepherd. If you're a parent, you're a shepherd. And we want you to shepherd well in all of those areas. And some uh, of you will have the opportunity to even you know, be, be training to be a shepherd over the, the flock of the Lord. Potentially, we could be training pastors in this space. How often are you praying that God would give you understanding to shepherd those that God has already given you? So if we don't ask, really all we're saying is, God, I'm content just being dumb. And God said, just ask, because re- I'm not, person. God's like, I'm not content with you just being dumb. I want to give you, all you got to do is ask. So ask me for a little bit of wisdom. Uh, here's an interesting point. Um, something that came up just as I was reading, and, and, and I'll just throw it out there for you. Psalm uh, 119.73, which I don't actually have on my notes. Thy hands have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding, oh yeah, that I may learn thy commandments. Um, it's interesting what, what the prayer is there. Give me an understanding that I may learn thy commandments. Uh, it has this idea that when we have understanding, it becomes easier for us, uh, you know, to, to learn more. This idea of being able to build uh, knowledge when you already have a foundation of knowledge. And I think that's a, an interesting point that God was making, that David was making all the way back in his lifetime. One thing that he understood is when you have understanding, adding new knowledge into a base of understanding becomes easier. Now, uh, I'm in educational academia, and one of the things that educational academia tells us is that when you increase someone's baseline understanding, adding new knowledge in becomes easier. Huh, amazing. Here we are a few thousand years later doing studies to to prove what God had already told us many years uh, before, many millennia before. Daniel 2.21 gives us that same kind of idea that uh, he giveth wisdom to the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding. And at, at some level you say, well, that doesn't seem fair. It's like they already have wisdom. How come they get more and they multiply wisdom faster? Well, because they sought it and they had a foundation upon which to build that wisdom. You go, well, I want to be like that. Cool. Then start today. And you start where you're at, you start asking God, give me some wisdom, give me some understanding. And once you understand, you get a hold of the little bit that he gives you, you just take what he's given you, and you get to know that really well. Because then the next time some new bits come in, you go, oh, now that makes sense. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, maybe in Sam's sermon or in LFBI, uh, if you're a student, you'll hear things, and Sam will say something, and it'll go right over your head. You're like, I have no idea what he just said. I mean, I, I heard the words, and they were in English even, and they went, Phew. And then you look around, and other people are going, oh, amen. And you know, you, you're writing stuff down, and you're going, well, why did I miss that? Uh, well, because they had a framework to place that in. So this is why it is important for us to continue to grow and to continue to study and to continue to, to seek after the Lord. You're never at a place where you, you could say, I'm, I'm good, I'm done, I've made it. All right. So, O Lord, back into our, our text here in Psalm 119, O Lord, or, or, oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all thy day, all the day. Thou, through thy commandments, has made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. So the next point in terms of where do we get 
understanding. One, straight from God, but two, as David tells us here, it actually it comes through the word of God, through the word of God. Psalm, one, Psalm 119, verse 98 is what we just read. Jump down to 104, the same stanza that we're in. Through thy precepts, I get understanding. Through the words, so through the precepts, Psalm 119, 130. I think I gave you that one. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. All right, so we know broadly that we get it from the Lord, but now more specifically, God's telling us that it comes through his precepts, through his commandments, through his word. Psalm 119, 169. Let my cry come near before thee, O Lord. Give me understanding. So there's that asking again. According to thy word. So here you have that same ask and an acknowledgement of, actually, I know where to get it. I'm going to open your word. This is a good prayer. Actually, this should be your morning prayer. When you open up the word and you, and you start getting into your devotional time, this is a great way to start. Give me understanding according to your word. Lead me. Because I'm just flesh. And you got a book full of spiritual things. I need you to teach it to me. Now, here's the thing. You can write down Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. We won't go over there, um, but Proverbs 2, 1 through 6 tells us, uh, you know, that the wisdom, understanding, knowledge, all of those come from the Lord. And specifically, some of them come directly from uh, his word. Essentially, it's you want to know God and you want to know his word if you want to gain those things. But what, what I like here about this verse is that it tells us that it comes through the commandments and through the precepts. Now that's a little bit tougher. Because what we want to do is kind of be around the word. Hang out in the, in the vicinity of the word. So I'll come to a place like this. And I'll hear the word. And, and, and I'll even take notes. And I'll, you know, I'll hear it. But I won't deal with it. I won't let it work through me and I won't get into it and start working through it. You actually can't gain understanding and wisdom without actually getting in and working through the word yourself. You can gain some knowledge. I can tell you the word of God and you can hear and go, oh yeah, okay. But since, it, since understanding has to be put into work and has to be put to practice, it's going to require you to actually let that word come in and do a work in you. Well, that's tough. That means when I get up and do my devotion, like some, sometimes that's just a hangout time, you know? Like that can be good. I can hang out with God. Like hang out with God can be a good thing. You know, if I'm meditating and I'm, I'm spending some time and I'm letting it, kind of simmer and letting God talk to me. But sometimes, if we're honest, I think we all can understand this. There's sometimes when I read the word and I get done and I get ready to go to work and I'm like, I just kind of danced around the word. None of what I just read, I don't have a clue what I just read. I didn't go through the word and it didn't go through me. There's times when I open up to spend a little time with the Lord and I get half a verse in, and the Holy Spirit's like, hey, Jax, 
I got to stop and I got to consider what it says. And all of a sudden I'm over here in another verse and all of a sudden I'm cross-referenced it to this and I'm there and I'm there. And, all, and then I realized I'm working my way through the word. And as I do that, I start to get understanding. I start to get wisdom. So we've got to get into the word and we've got to get the word going through us and we've got to get through the word. But listen, number two, key point, you don't have understanding because you don't dig because you just simply, you're not willing to do the work. You just want it handed to you. You want to show up and you want Sam to package it up and to hand it to you and be like, here you go. Here's all that you need to know. And you want Dell to show up and be like, ta-da, on a silver platter. And, and then you want to take it home and be like, mm, I went to church today. Like I'm full now but you won't actually dig. Put the time in, put the work in, put the labor in, sweat, struggle, wrestle. Never got to a verse that confused you and you had to spend time wrestling with that to figure out what it says? And you go, huh, that's confusing. Next verse and move on. You know, wisdom is like treasure. I'm not super old, but I've, you know, I've been around the earth uh, for 40 years. I've kind of been around a lot of places in the earth. And thus far, I've never found treasure just like laying out on the ground. You know? I mean, once in a while, you'll find like a $20 bill that somebody dropped. And like, ah, treasure. <laughs> But like that old pirate gold from the, that Spanish fleet, uh, never found that just laying around. Well, that's the way that God's word is working as well. All right. Next, how do I get with, how do I get understanding? By doing what you know. So Psalm, I'll give you a couple of verses. Do what you know. Psalm 111 verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and listen, a good understanding have all they that do his commandments, his praise endureth forever. So understanding comes when we actually take what we've heard and then we try to put it into practice. We have to do it in order for it to translate into uh, something that we actually understand. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments. And so God is telling his people here in Deuteronomy chapter 4, 5 and 6 and kind of laying out for them how they should interact with his word, but interact socially as well. So I've given you the statutes and the commandments that you should do so in the land, whether you go to possess it. Keep, therefore, and do them. For this is your wisdom and your understanding. How do you get wisdom and understanding? It's as you go about your day, and in their case, as you go to possess the land, and as you go to to your job, and to wherever you're going, you take all those things that God has given you, and then you do them. Some of you, see, some of you caught on quick, and you did it. You said the word. So we got to do it. That's like digging. You know, that's like that, that's similar to that last point. One, we have to dig it out. So it's going to take time to actually figure out what it really says. But then once I get it settled, once I've done the digging and I understand it and I, and I got it in context and it's clear what God is saying, because sometimes the word's tricky. Sometimes the Bible can be a little confusing if you just 
take a superficial passing at it. Once I get it figured out, then it requires me to respond. And when we don't respond, the simple conclusion from God's perspective is, well, you didn't really understand. So here's the next key point, number three. The only way that people know you understand is by showing them, right? By actually doing it. Obedience is evidence of understanding to those that lack it. You get that? You got kids? Some of you have kids. Some of you have kids who are old enough to rebel. Some of you have kids that are just still tiny and precious and always perfect. Uh, I guess not. That, side note, my kids are like, I don't know, six months old when I saw these things are rebellious. They're like, they're tiny and they're already, it's already coming out. I thought they were supposed to be these sweet little angels. I'm like, it, it really, I, I remember it clearly. It really shocked me. I'm like, this thing is so tiny and so young. And how does it, how is it already like this? <laughs> I bet for my mom, it was like two months. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? You have kids. I have kids. Some of you have kids. I have kids that are, that are in that age where uh, we have conversations, you know, daily uh, about different parts of life. And sometimes those conversations include some discipline uh, and a rod to help, help speak to them. And my, my objective always is, is as I am speaking with them is to, to know that they understand what I'm saying. But the only way that I know they understand what I'm saying is when they respond to it by doing it. So it's like, stop uh, hitting your brother. You get that? And he's like, uh-huh. And I know he hears the words, Sometimes I don't know. Kids, <laughs> kids have a superpower where they could be right in front of you and you could look at them and you could say words and they could go, uh-huh. And they could actually literally not have just heard it. I think they have the super ability to, from the inside, close their ears. Like I can close my eyes, they can close their ears. You outgrow that. Well, some don't. Some, some, people, some people keep that superpower. I think kids have that superpower, but here's, here's how I know that my kids actually heard me and, th and that it made sense to them because they stop hitting their brother. And so your pastor gets up and says, God said, blah, blah, blah. And that means practically for you X, Y, Z. And then the next week you're in the pastor's office being counseled over X, Y, Z. You didn't understand it. Because if you did, you would do it. Okay, next. How do I get understanding? Now, this is tied to where we just were. This leads us right into this. But by responding to correction, Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 32 he that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. But he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. He that heareth reproof getteth understanding. 
Proverbs 10, 13. In the lips of him that hath understanding, wisdom is found, but a rod is for the back of him that is void of understanding. So one of the purposes of discipline, one of the purposes of the rod is to help bring understanding. Which means we, we shouldn't be disciplining in anger, we shouldn't be disciplining in frustration, we shouldn't be disciplining to, to make me feel better. To be honest, sometimes I do feel better after a little bit of rod to my kid, but that's not the purpose. If I'm doing that, I'm actually doing it wrong. And my heart is wrong, and my approach is wrong, and everything about it was wrong. When I discipline my children, discipline done right takes a while. It's not like you can just run in there and swat, swat, done, moving on. Discipline done right takes a while because there's a conversation. I want them to understand why we're getting into discipline and why it requires discipline and, and then how they can make a change to avoid this later. But, but we gain understanding you know, and this is, this is a, one of those hard ways to gain understanding, but we gain understanding through our errors when, when, we, when we feel the rod on us and we allow it to correct us and we respond to it. Most all kids will have seasons where, where they don't do this. You ever parent been in that season? You're like, I'm disciplining you for the exact same thing three times a day for the last three weeks. Why is that? Because they're not getting any understanding and they're not responding right. I want my kids not just to have a hurt butt and to know that it was wrong. I want them to understand in their hearts what God actually wants and how to get there. So we gain understanding actually by responding to correction. So parents, we have a responsibility to discipline appropriately because through proper discipline, and this is okay. It's, it's okay if you're, you know, six, seven, eight, 10, 12 year olds are, are, are a little wild. Uh, that gives you a lot of opportunity to bring some instruction into them. A lot of times you'll see some, some, some wild kids in, in their young years that, that work it out as they're 13, 17, 19. Now they're becoming uh, decent adults. Well, because they had a parent who's willing to take the time to invest in them at that young age and say, look, this is for the future. This is so you understand something and make some change. So here's another key point. Hardening your heart only increases your own misunderstanding. And this is what we do with discipline. I see it in, in one of my sons in particular occasionally where he'll get discipline and his response is, oh, I'm tougher than the rod. Oh, it didn't hurt. Okay. But listen, son, all you're proving in your physical toughness is that you got no idea you are increasing your own misunderstanding. And at the short term, what that means is we're going to be right back here in about three hours. I know it. In the long term, what it means is if this continues, is you're going to end up in prison or on the side of the road or homeless, right? Or in all kinds of messes or just in a disaster of life. So adults, we get disciplined too. The Lord brings the rod sometimes. Ah, it hurts, it stings. 
you're like, ah, what do I do with that? You want to respond to that. That's what you want to do. You want to quench not the spirit that's speaking to you. Because here's a really scary warning that God gives us. You actually have the ability to, sh to tune out, to shut off the Holy Spirit. We talked about kids' superpowers of being able to shut their ears. But listen, adult Christians have the same superpower. That you can tune out and shut off your ears to the Holy God Almighty. Can't hear you. La, 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 la. So don't harden. Don't get calloused. If you're, if you're an iron worker, if you're a hammer swinger, if you're something where you work with your hands, calluses were designed to protect you from, from feeling that pain over and over. But you know what? When it comes to correction, don't callous. You need to feel it. Number five, how else do we gain uh, understanding? And this is uh, something that the Bible tells us. Simply, you do gain understanding by getting older. There is a reality to that. Job 12, 12, with the ancient is wisdom. And in length of days, there is understanding. So just by virtue of, of, of your gray hair and your trips around the sun, uh, some of you have, have gained some understanding. I should say some of us. I've got grays, too. I'm not singling anyone else, Adam. I got some of them, too. Right? Uh, Proverbs 7, 7. And, and beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths, a young man void of understanding. <laughs> You're like, that's pretty obvious. Who's ever seen a young man that has understanding? <laughs> Why do you have to point that out? I, the young men had no understanding. Because <laughs> they're contrasted with the, older, with the older people. You do gain some understanding, right? Uh, simply by living life and just kind of tuning into life. You can, you can gain some experiential understanding, right? Or a natural understanding. You do have that. Uh, so at some level, there is, there is wisdom, as I say, in, in, in heeding the, the words of your elders or any elder, right? When grandpa so-and-so in the neighborhood comes over and, and tells you something, you might do well to listen. He may be giving you something useful. But also remember this, Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. Okay. So keep it in balance. You're getting old and you're gaining some wisdom because you're old, but at the end of the day, don't trust in that. Don't lean wholly on your own understanding. Because here's what God tells us. The wisdom of God trumps the wisdom of the world, period. God gives it. Supernatural always supersedes the natural. So the natural process of, of just tuning into life will give you some understanding, but the supernatural will give you far greater. Seeking God multiplies your years. It's like all of a sudden you start living dog years or something. Like I lived one year with the Lord, and it was like seven people years. I gained all this knowledge. I'm way ahead. Um. So there is an understanding that trumps your age. So let me, let me give you an example. Pastor Jeff Grasher is um, 
Some of you would be like, he's just a baby. He's the age of your children. And some of you foolishly would say, well, since he's a youth, he can't counsel me. He can't advise or instruct me. Hold up. Lean not on your own understanding. I know you're senior. But this is a man who's walking with the Lord and has been seeking the understanding of the Lord. Similarly, some of you might go, well, God didn't give Dell and Serene children, so Dell can't advise me on children. Ooh, wait a minute. So you're telling me that the Bible has nothing to offer in the way of child rearing? That Dell can't read and study the Bible and, and bring you sound counsel from the Lord? You're telling me that the only person who can instruct you is someone who only who has children themselves? That you would take a worldly counselor, a 90-year-old man with children and grandchildren, over a man who walks with the Lord and trusts the principles of his book? So let's be careful about where we get our, our counsel and about despising those. Well, because they're young or because their situation is not like me. Well, you've never been a drug addict, so you can't counsel me. Come on, we could take that to, to the nth degree, right? Well, if you haven't lived the exact same life as me, you have nothing. I have everything because I have the God who gave us his word. And the principles cover your situation. All right. So that's how we get understanding in five points. There's a lot more in the Bible. You could, you could dig into that a lot. But uh, we've got like 15, 12 minutes. So how does understanding impact me? I'm going to run through a couple verses and we'll, we'll put all this together. Uh, Psalm 119, verse 97. Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Number one, how does understanding impact you? It changes your thoughts. Here's what David said. All day long I meditate on your word because I love it. And this is the reality, and we all know it. We think about the things that we love, plain and simple. You want to know what you love? Well, Pay attention to what you daydream about when you just start, you know, slip it off in your mind. Uh, I don't want to bring toilet humor into the pulpit, but what are you doing when you're on the toilet? Because nowadays we're doing this. Like that's it. Going to the bathroom used to take like three minutes because it was business. <laughs> and now it's like 33 minutes. <laughs> Some of us, it's because, you know, it's like you got to hide from your kids. You're like, I just need a break. I'm going to the bathroom. Leave daddy alone. Leave mommy alone. But where do you go immediately? When you wake up in the morning, where is your mind? What, what does it run to? What does it naturally seek after? That's what you love. Right? And here's what David says. Uh, I love your law, and, and it has affected the way that I think. I think about it all the time. You find yourself thinking about, how, how do we make disciples in Dallas? How do we improve uh, the, the church planning process? Do you find yourself thinking about, how do I invest in kids? How do I communicate this big concept to kids? Uh, or, you know, or what, whatever it is. How do I? Are you thinking about the things of the Lord? Because if you love it, you will. If you love it, you will. Uh, 
Yeah, let's go to the next one. Number two. Not only does it change what you think about, but it actually changes, you know, the way you love and what you love. Uh, because the more you think about it, the more you love it. And the more you love it, then the more you think about it. It's like this, this thing that just feeds itself, right? You start getting into a, a new hobby and you're like, oh, this is a lot of fun. And then you start learning about it. And then you're like, oh, I never knew that. So then you love it more. And, so it, it, and then you start loving the things that are associated with that too, right? And so you start learning who God is, but then you start learning more about how big God is. And so you start loving, well, I used to love God, but then I realized that God loves people. So then I started loving the body of Christ. But then I started realizing that God says I should love my enemy too, and it went beyond the body of Christ. And so the, the, the love that I have, it, it changes the way that I love. I used to love the body of Christ, but now I love strangers. I don't even understand it, but I love strangers. And then I started loving my enemies, these people that I know I just don't like, right? And so as we begin to get understanding from the Lord, it begins to change our love. Thou... Uh, he says, through the commandments has made me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. Verse 99, I have more understanding than all my teachers. So we already talked about this, right? Just because you're old and educated doesn't mean you necessarily have all the understanding. So I should have given you that a minute ago. Verse 100, I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. Here you go, right here in, in our passage, the same thing we were talking about a minute ago. But it changes the way that you love. And it also, actually, I don't know why I put it on. There you go. It also changes the way you hate. And that one's kind of weird, right? I love the way that this stanza is kind of bookended. 97, oh, how love I thy law. 104, the very end. I hate every false way. That's the beginning and the end of the stanza that we're looking at. But as you gain understanding, how does understanding impact me? It changes what I love. But necessarily, I will then begin to hate the things that are contrary to that love as well. God hates, yet God is love. But God tells us in his word lists of things that he hates. How is that possible? Because those things are all contrary to his love, to his character, right? And so, you know, if you have something that you love right now, we're remodeling our house. And so we're, uh, we're painting a bunch of walls and Rosie loves nice, clean edges, which means she hates it when I cut in, <laughs> right? Um, it means... It means not all of you get to come over and help, though you would love to. I'm sure you would love to. And I would appreciate it, but Rosie wouldn't. Because <laughs> if that line isn't perfect, because she loves straight, straight, clean edges. So she has to hate, like, love you, Grandma, but that unsteady hand isn't doing any painting over here. I'm not quite so picky. I'm like, I just love it being done. <laughs> Right? So I hate different things. Like I hate losing time or, you know, not moving forward. And she's like, but I don't know how she can even see it. Mom's superpower. See that back corner? Sam, Sam, Sam's uh, Rosie on steroids when it comes to that. Sam would be like, 
That's off by a millimeter. <laughs> My father-in-law is the same way. I know where Rosie gets it. He's like, we were moving the pool table in his house, and he measured from the wall to the edge of the pool table, and then we measured the other corner. With a tape measure, it, I'm not kidding you, it was off by an eighth of an inch. And he goes, you guys need to pick it up again. And we're like, Dad, it's an eighth of an inch on an eight-foot-long pool table in the middle of a room. Nobody's going to notice. He goes, but I know. So we got to move it a sixteenth on this end, so it'll be... You hate the things that are contrary to your love. Look, if you if you if you love the hearing the word, then you hate distractions in a service. If you love being with God's people and being fed, then then you hate being late. The kids are like, Dad, it's it's, it's not church time yet. Why are you rushing us? Because I hate being late to church. Like that's not me always, but I love being here and being with you guys. There's sometimes I don't care for me. Right? You love the clean, safe, and ready, distraction-free, uninterrupted, unhindered preaching of the word. Well, then you're not up and down in the middle of the service. You may be hungry, but that, that granola bar is going to wait because it's like... <laughs> and everyone around you is like... I'm just trying to take some notes and you're eating gravel. Listen, there are things that you should hate. Understanding will help you get that right. And you want to make sure you get that right because you don't want to be hating the wrong things. But when you love, it will drive what you hate as well. And David caps that here. Through thy precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, because I have understanding, I hate things. I hate every false way. How does it change me? It causes me to not do certain things right here in the middle. Verse 101. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. And this is what understanding does. Understanding puts the brakes on. And the next point is going to be, it causes me to do certain things, right? So you see both sides of this coin in the next verse in 102. I have not departed from thy judgments. I stay close to your judgments. So there are certain things that I do do, and there are certain things that I don't do because of understanding. And you know what I think the, the greater judge is? Oops, wrong way. It's this one. It's the, dis, the, the discernment to say no. Understanding will teach me how to say no. Understanding will teach me where the, where the line in the sand is. That that I cannot cross. Understanding will help me to put up borders, boundaries, walls even. Because it causes me to not do. Or maybe to not go certain places, or to not look, or to not hear certain things, or to not be around certain people that influence me, right? All of those things. This is what understanding will do. And then on the other side, understanding will say, okay, you also, there's certain things that you know have to do. What David said is, I have to stay close to your judgments. I have not departed from them. Because that's what understanding brings me. He says, how sweet are thy words unto my taste, Jay, sweeter than honey 
to my mouth in verse 103, which is kind of a, an explanation of verse 97, the idea of love. It's so good. I love the word. It's sweet. It's pleasurable. It's enjoyable. And the reality is, is this, is this stanza here shows us you can't separate love and understanding. You will never understand God if you don't love him. And if you love him, it will drive you to want to understand him and his ways and his character and everything that he says that applies in your life. Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation, excuse me, all the day. Let us leave with that as our prayer, as our heart, as our cry out to God. Lord, I want to, I want to love your law so much that it is my, the one thing that keeps flooding into my mind when I'm working. That's what I got to put out to stay focused on work. Wouldn't that be wild? If you're like, Bible verse, stay away. Not now, not now. I got I to gotta focus. The boss is paying me. I got to get this work done. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, I pray that your word would be sweet like, like honey to our mouths, satisfying to our souls, God, that we would wake up desiring it above all else. Lord, that we, that we would seek to, to know you, we would seek understanding. God, that we would not rely on our own understanding, but in all ways that we would acknowledge you and acknowledge your truth and acknowledge your presence, acknowledge your character in our lives and seek after you. God, help us not to be prideful. Help us not to put a, a, a wrong priority on, on the, the knowledge and understanding of the world. God, help us in times of need to run to, to men and women, to counselors who, who understand your word. God, what if we started there? What if we just started by running to men and women who knew the precepts of your word and, and said, help me out, I'm in a hard spot. God, let that be the reality of our lives as we, as we seek to love you rightly and to hate the things that, that, that need to be put out of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.